Hey everybody, welcome to Stock Bites for Wednesday, July 15th. Today we're going to take a look at Ford and why I like this company over the next 10, 15 years. I think it's extremely undervalued and really hasn't participated in the electric vehicle hype that we've seen. So I'm going to dive into Ford's smart mobility. We're going to take a look at their balance sheet, uh, their projected vehicle sales over the next couple of years. As always, if you have questions, stockbytespodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at stock underscore bytes, stock underscore bytes. All right, let's get to it. talked ad nauseum on this podcast about electric vehicle makers. Tesla, Neo, Workhorse, Nikola, uh, the list goes on. One company that hasn't participated in this electric vehicle boom, investor boom, is Ford. It, I, don't, I don't understand why, right? If you look at their trailing 12-month revenue at the end of Q1, they, they had $150 billion in revenue. That's six times Tesla. That's 150 times NEO, and that's such an astronomically more than Workhorse. Workhorse had $97,000 in revenue over the, the last trailing 12 months, and Ford is cheaper than all these companies. In the short term, they, they did have some news this week, and their stock has seen a little bit of increased attention. I think they're up about 5.5% today, but the news that they released is all 3,500 of the reservation slots for the most expensive version of the 2021 Ford Bronco have already sold out. This car has been on a hiatus for the last 20, 24 years. They're bringing it back, and it's going to compete with Jeep. Uh, this kind of off-road, sporty vehicle. They're going to have two-door, four-door, uh, two-wheel drive, four-wheel drive models, a sport model, tons of customizations that you can make. It's estimated that if they sell 125,000 of these, it's going to add a billion dollars in revenue to the company. So in the short term, that's great, right? You get a couple of positive PRs coming out of that, and it's a new vehicle line to increase sales. That's not why I like this company, though. In 2018, Ford started an $11 billion restructuring product, uh, project that's expected to be completed in 2022. And it's an admission that from Ford that electric vehicles are the future and that companies like Tesla are now the best in breed in the space and they have to keep up. So part of this restructuring, well, I'll take that back. They recently, and I, this may be part of the restructuring program, I don't know. But I want to talk to you guys about Ford Smart Mobility. It's a division of Ford that's designed to compete like a startup and take on the Teslas and the workhorses and the Neos and all those people, uh, all those companies. And the four things that they come out and say on their website that they're, that they're going for, I think are pretty cool. The, the mobility portion of the Ford Smart Mobility. Uh, they have ongoing pilot, pilot programs, including GoPark, which builds predictive parking systems in London that direct drivers to streets where they're going to most likely find a parking space. They have something called GoDrive, a car sharing program in London that provides vehicles guaranteed to find parking at busy locations. 
and something called Dynamic Shuttle, a program at Ford's Michigan campus that allows employees and visitors to summon point-to-point rides, autonomous rides on demand. That's pretty cool. Another segment of Ford Smart Mobility is their autonomous vehicle segment. This year, Ford is going to have the largest test fleet of autonomous vehicles of any automaker in the world. They're also the first to test autonomous vehicles in the snow. And they're planning on bringing millions of autonomous vehicles to the world uh, once the technology is there. They've tripled their engineering investment in driver assist and semi-autonomous vehicle tech over the next five years. Ford Mobility also has a consumer experience piece, uh, division, piece of the pie, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Ford Pass is this free app that they're launching that's bringing four benefits to members, including mobility services, such as parking and sharing and access to Ford hubs where consumers can experience Ford's latest innovations. The first hub is supposed to open in New York City later this year. We'll see if that works. And finally, data and analytics. Ford realizes that, maybe I'm not getting the, the, the term right, but this SAS, software as a service, is the future of automobiles. Ford is increasing funding for data science and analytics research. Their autonomous vehicles, their self-assist vehicles, their electric vehicles are going to have some components of a software as a service, vehicle as a service pricing model, where you know, Ford is starting to get re- recurring revenue. They're having the, all these robots out on the, you know, pulling data. Uh, one example, it, you know, this is something that they highlighted. Ford and IBM collaborated on a pilot program that allows research scientists look at tiny pieces of data and spot patterns and correlations and write codes to make more efficient transportation decisions to support the company's dynamic shuttle experiment. Ford recognizes that tech is the future that electric vehicles are the future. Part of this $11 billion restructuring program that's going to be completed by 2022 is they want to have 16 fully electric vehicles in North America. That's going to start later this year. They're launching an all-electric Ford Mustang. It looks awesome. You buy that thing, you get a 300-mile range, you can charge it at your house, and then you also have access to 13,000 electric charging stations built across the country. It's the largest electric charging, you know, consumer electric, it's more than Tesla, right? Like they're, Ford didn't build them. They're partnering with another company, but it is the largest electric charging station uh, network in the country. They're also going to launch 30 electric vehicles in China over the next couple of years. Ford currently has a 2% market share in China. China has been very upfront about wanting to trans, uh, trans, transmission, transform, move their industry, their auto industry toward electric vehicles. The government has extended electric vehicle buying subsidies. Ford is going to get there. And once they launch these electric vehicles, they're for sure going to increase their market share. And then maybe the, you know, the, the coup de grace or the cherry on top of the, uh, of the pie here is the, the Ford F-150. Next year, they're releasing a hybrid Ford F-150, and in 2022, a fully electric Ford F-150 that's going to look and feel exactly like the gas, the combustion engine F-150. It's not going to be some weird cyberpunk space truck like Elon Musk. You know, we've talked in the past about Workhorse, and one of the the reasons people are excited about them is because they have a 10% equity stake 
in this company called Lordstown Motor Company. Uh, LMC, Lordstown Motor Company, was started by Workhorse's former CEO. They have partnered with Workhorse to use their tech, and they bought a defunct plant, auto manufacturing plant in Michigan from GM. And they're gonna, their goal is to start manufacturing fully electric uh, pickup trucks. And their pitch, they're selling, the, the reason people are hot on these is because they look like regular pickup trucks. Well, guess what? The F-150 is the most popular vehicle in North America, and it's going to be available hybrid and fully electric in the next couple of years. So, you know, the pandemic has pushed Ford stock down. It's hurt sales. You know, in the first six months of this year, up to June, they still sold over 940,000 vehicles in North America. That's a 23% decrease, but that's still a lot of cars. At the end of Q1, Ford had $46 billion in cash on hand. They had over $60 billion in short-term receivables from customers. And in April, they also issued an additional $8 billion in unsecured debt. I'm sure that they're involved in some of these government PPP lending things. They're not. The point that I'm making is they have the money to, to weather this thing. They're going to survive it. And once they come out on the other end, once they start launching these electric vehicles, and again, the Mustang launches at the end of this year, people are going to catch on that Ford is well aware of what's wrong with the current auto industry and what they need to do to catch up. They're aware that Tesla is the target moving forward. And they're going to compete with them. Just as a quick side note, I was reading through their financial statements. This is something that I, I liked to see. I don't know how this contributes to their... Uh, financial position, but Ford has joined forces with GE and 3M to manufacture and engineer medical equipment and supplies for hospitals. They're producing ventilators, respirators, more than 8 million face shields. They recently started production of medical masks and reusable gowns for healthcare workers. They're also partnering with Thermo Fisher Scientific to produce COVID-19 tests. This pandemic isn't only affecting Ford. They still have a 13.6% market share in North America this year. It's the same as, it, as they had last year. Just their vehicle sale, sales are down. And that's, if you look at GM, Toyota, Fiat, Chrysler, that's across the board. Everybody is hurting from this, but we're going to come out of it. And when we do, I'm, in the, I'm of the belief that Ford is well positioned to take advantage of these changes that are happening in consumer behavior. Yeah, uh, people are going to be working from home more often. They're going to be buying less cars. Well, great. Ford is working on services of software. They're working on autonomous driving. They're working on some sort of shuttle system that may be used for taxis down the road. Um, you know, they're, I think they're undervalued. And I think in five or 10 years, you know, if you just put this thing, you buy, you know, buy and hold, right? If you just put some shares of Ford in, in your IRA and don't look at it in 10 years, you're going to be very, very happy that you did. So that's all I got for you today. Again, stockbytespodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to contribute. Stock underscore bytes on Twitter. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy the weekend. Like, follow, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back with you on Sunday with another Robinhood Rewind, breaking down the top five most popular stocks in Robinhood this week. I'm going to have to get a medical degree. Or maybe there's just more people out there who went to medical school than I thought because these crazy vaccine companies, you know, people are playing like whack-a-mole with, 
with, with these small cap biotech. All right, you know, this person, they're launching some sort of COVID-19 thing that's in a phase one trial and boom, their stock's up 400% and 90,000 people have added it. I don't understand. Like, you know, Trey's asking me to look at these companies and their balance sheets are garbage. They don't make any money. And in order to truly value a company like that, you have to have gone to medical school or be involved in it because you need to, the value in a company like that is in their patents and in their, uh, in their studies and in their, uh, the medications that they're producing. And that's, you know, look, I, I've learned finance, which is like learning a different language. I'm not going to be able to learn that detail, <laughs> that much detail about science. So uh, we'll do our best to prepare. We'll, uh, we'll definitely do some research and you know, maybe talk to some smarter people about these, about these types of companies. But anyway, I'm done rambling. Love you all. And uh, we'll talk to you this weekend. Shoot.